Welcome to The Drop, the official podcast of the 130th Airlift Wing. I am Airman First Class Caden Sammons from your 130th Public Affairs team. In today's episode, we dive into the goals and objectives for the calendar year 2023 for the 130th Airlift Wing. We mention some goals for the wing as a whole, discuss ways to meet these goals, and talk about what's happening in the coming months. Joining me today is Colonel Pat Chard, the 130th Airlift Wing Vice Commander. Colonel Chard, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Airman Sammons. Thanks for having me here. No problem, sir. So I understand today um, we're essentially going to be talking about organizational goals and objectives for the 130th Airlift Wing for this calendar year. You know, I'm really excited to talk to you about this. Airman first class, new to the organization. This is probably something you've not necessarily been exposed to. So as a colonel, I get to talk one-on-one with you, but also with our collective audience here about how we put all this together, a little bit about the why, and then kind of delve into the you know main topics of the of the goals and objectives for the organization. Does this sound like fun to you? Yes, sir. <laughs> you, you say that with a little trepidation, but I appreciate your, uh, your, your willingness to host this here today. So thank you very much. No problem, sir. All right. So uh, shall I get into it? Absolutely. All right. So, you know, first of all, when we create goals and objectives for the organization, the first thing that we have to do is to look up. We have to look to our senior leaders and to listen to what they're telling us and what they want us to do as an organization. This starts all the way at the top. Believe it or not, national security strategy, national defense strategy. Uh, We look to see how our, our mission here nests into the overall directives that both the president and the secretary of defense have created for us. But, you know, we we also look to see what guidance they have for us and what they want us to do. We even go down further from there, look at the guidance that uh, our Air Force leaders give us. General Brown's really challenge to us to accelerate, change, or lose. We look at General Minahan, the Air Mobility Command commander, and his guidance for us to prepare for the next fight, as he calls it. The guidance we receive from our National Guard leaders, also uh, our Adjutant General, Major General Crane. We look to his strategic plan as well as the messaging that he gives us and the things that he wants us to look at and to really uh, go after as an organization in order to support his strategy and his goals and objectives. Same thing goes with General Cochran, our Assistant Adjutant General for Air. We look to see what guidance that uh, they have for us collectively. So that's where it begins, believe it or not, literally going all the way from the top and filtering down. But, you know, fundamentally, why do we do this? Why do we publish goals and objectives for the organization? Well, first of all, the wing has a strategic plan. We do. You will see this distributed throughout the base. It's a blue and yellow document. You'll see it on bulletin boards, on our website, etc. Interestingly enough, you, you may not believe this, but it's quite true, Caden, that our wing strategic plan is now actually over three years old, and we're not changing it this cycle either. My philosophy always is if you're changing your strategic plan every year, you're not being very strategic. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yeah. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
to a certain degree. I mean, this strategic plan was actually created by the previous command team. To date, it's actually stood the test of time pretty well. It may change here in the future, but so far we've continued to kind of carry the same course. It survived not only a change of wing leadership, but it has also survived conversion to the J model. So that means they did a pretty good job in putting it together and trying to think uh, more big picture. But I like to use goals and objectives documents to more closely define what an organization is going to do in a given calendar year. So these goals and objectives we're talking about today are Colonel Priestess. As the wing commander, this is his message to us as an organization on the things that he wants us to focus on for the next year. So you want to get into the meat of it? Yes, sir. Let's dive in. Okay. So first of all, these are broken down into the same categories AFI 1-2 uses, right? Executing the mission is where we begin. It's the first task that a commander has is to execute the mission. For us, wartime readiness remains our number one priority, and that's not changing. You know, it really serves as the linchpin of executing the mission. To that end, you know, one of the first things that we're going to do is to pursue returning our end strength to 100% and beyond. Over the last couple of years, we've seen a little bit of a dip in end strength here in the wing. There's been a lot of factors for this. You could point to conversion. You could point to COVID. The dip that we've seen in our end strength has been a reflection of the Department of Defense as a whole. I think all the services are really struggling with recruiting a certain degree retention right now. But it's very important for us to uh, maintain that end strength. You know, there's a lot of challenges when it comes to recruiting, but to put it simply, failure is not an option. You know, every airman is a recruiter. During this coming year, we're going to focus on expanded lead generation, outreach, and engagement with our community, as well as educational institutions. If our airmen would look at our Facebook page today, they would see Week after week, we have educational institutions from high schools to community colleges, universities, all visiting us and us visiting them in order to share our message, to talk to people, both potential recruits, but also community influencers about the things that we do for our community at large and the benefits that we bring to individuals and the surrounding area. So it's been hugely beneficial and our recruiting team is really man they're going after it hard really love to see it we also you'll see things like the we are all recruiters program that the national guard bureau has sponsored this gives an opportunity for airmen to assist with recruiting events and community engagements we can put them on orders and they actually give us a separate pool of days for this we are all recruiters program if anybody out there listening is interested, hey, reach out to the recruiting office. We'd love to have you help out. Next area, Caden, really is retention. Recruiting's mm-hmm. one piece, but you got to retain an airman, retain an airman and her family as well. So in this particular instance, while we've done well with retention, historically and even recently, we really want to try to improve it by about 10% this year. That means retaining about 11 more airmen than we did last year. That's our goal. How are we going to do this? Well, first of all, we're going to focus more on our command climates. The wing leadership team here, 
We're very in tune to trying to learn what airmen have to say. We appreciate feedback that we receive, both formally in a survey or informally when we stop and talk on the street. Really, those command climates are kind of the key element, we think, to retention. This comes down to a more in-depth understanding of why airmen continue to serve, why airmen choose to leave the organization. That's part of it, understanding what challenges they have with their service, whether they're a dual military family, a single parent, whether or not they're having a conflict between their civilian job and their military service. These are all things that we want to know more about. Really focus on a greater emphasis of commander and airman interaction. Really trying to drive at that feedback, both at the unit level, but all the way up the chain. We also finally, uh, one last effort that we're going to do when it comes to retention is really the wing commanders asked to meet with all airmen that intend to leave the organization when their enlistment's up. Now, I know that can be scary for some folks. Hey, I'm, I'm a junior airman. I've got to come in and meet with the wing commander, but I can assure you it's a, it's a low-risk, low-stress meeting. Really, we just want to hear what you've got going on in your life, why you've reached this decision to not re-enlist. We want to see if there's something we can do to help you. Maybe there is. Maybe there's some, something like you want to cross-train to a new AFSC or uh, you know, maybe you need help getting access to a certain benefit that you didn't know you had. We want to find out if there's something there that maybe we could help you change your mind. And if not, go with our good graces. Uh, thank you for your service, and we hope you make a decision at some point down the road to come back or maybe to influence someone else to join us. So that's really the intent of that conversation. So it's, it's definitely low risk. <laughs> I'm sure as an A1C, if you got told you had to go meet with the wing commander, you'd be a little nervous about it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So continuing again with the theme of uh, executing the mission, another goal for us is to reach and move beyond initial operating capability with the C-130J. Uh, this has been a long road so far. We've had additional requirements levied on us by Air Mobility Command. A lot of those requirements specifically deal with the level of training our air crews are required to have. Thus, it's actually forced us to delay reaching initial operating capability by about three months. So our new target is now the end of the calendar year to reach IOC. But, you know, that's a big goal for us, and we're going to continue to work with the operations group and focus on air crew training and development culminating in that multifaceted integrated mission sortie, which helps us to certify mission-ready air crews. That's what we're looking for. Further, you know, we're really looking at these large-scale exercises, everything from things like Silver Arrow, which we have air crew participating in right now, to things like Mobility Guardian, Air Defender, Southern Strike. There's lots of exercises that are out there, many of which we've participated in in the past. But we want to use these as a way to simulate a dynamic and highly complex battle space. We feel that this would be commensurate with our perceived adversary threats, and it'll help us with training our air crew members and uh, preparing us for that next fight, as General Minahan asked, asked us to do. 
The other thing that we'll be doing is looking at our manpower vacancies and shortfalls, specifically the ones that most impact our readiness. Aircraft commanders, growing co-pilots, and preparing them to move over into the left seat is, is a key component for us. We also need to focus on recruiting and retention of flight nurses and aircraft maintenance personnel. So the wing will see a lot of additional focus in those areas. All right, well, let's move on to managing resources. How, how about you? Sounds great. Okay, so resources have become more and more constrained over the last, gosh, five plus years. It seems like every year we just have less and less money, days, etc., to do what we need to do. Thus, we have to be a lot more deliberate in how we plan and execute those resources. But, you know, we need to make sure that we're spending them on the things that have the greatest impact on our readiness. One area that's been a real challenge is civilian payroll funding execution. Congress has levied some additional requirements on us to include a cap on the number of temporary technicians that we can have on board. This means that we have to manage our civilian pay budget in a much more in-depth manner. And really, the new policy also kind of sort of punishes us if we don't fully execute our payroll from year to year. So we've got to get close to, as close as we can, to 100% execution of our civilian payroll budget. And this is going to require a lot of effort with commanders in our finance office, but this is going to be key. Also, uh, under managing resources, our adjutant general does a lot for us, a lot that our folks may not realize. One area is working with our congressional delegation in order to ensure that our needs are brought to them and any help that they can provide in influencing things at the congressional level. Our congressional delegation has done a lot for us, you know, in the recent past especially. The partnership with them is really key, and doing this through our adjutant general is our mechanism for making that happen. Therefore, one of the goals that we have is to work more closely with our adjutant general staff specifically to keep them informed of equipment and facility shortfalls that impact our mission. And the intent there is, again, to work with them so that our adjutant general is armed with the necessary information to better inform and educate our congressional delegation on our needs. So that's one of our goals. So uh, how about we go on to improving the unit? So every commander is tasked with improving their organization. And for us this year, that means we're going to prepare for and execute two large-scale readiness exercises. Specifically, we call them both FLARE, flyaway large-scale readiness exercise. This allows us to evaluate and enhance our ability to deploy and carry out a wartime mission. Specifically, we are using these two exercises as a way to assess our ability to operate in a contested, degraded, and operationally limited area, such as simulating an Indo-PACOM theater of operations. We also will be operating, and we did in April and we will again in September, under an Agile Combat em Employment Model, ACE, hub and spoke type model. And to the maximum extent possible, you know, we're also kind of performing training on multi-capable airman skills. So that's the purpose of those, of those exercises. 
Another goal that we have is we always look to improving our self-inspection programs and our self-improvement programs. Along with that, during this calendar year, that last flare exercise in September, we'll actually have an Air Mobility Command Inspection Team here. And their job is to really assess our ability in that exercise, specifically our ability of our our own internal Inspector General's office and our weaning inspection team on thoroughly and effectively and independently evaluating our wings performance. So it's kind of an interesting inspection, a little different than what we've seen before, but that's a major milestone for us in that September flyaway exercise. Also, under improving the unit, in support of our Adjutant General's direction to foster greater inclusion and diversity in the organization, we're taking a deeper dive look at our DEOX surveys, specifically as our unit climate assessments. We've done a pretty good job in you know, executing these within the time constraints that the regulation requires from us, but I'll tell you where we fall short. And that is, once the survey is complete, we struggle sometimes in developing unit-specific action plans to address issues or concerns that are raised by airmen. And then communicating both the results of the survey and what our action plans are to unit members. And then following up with how we're doing. Okay, mm-hmm. That's where we've struggled. I think some units have done it well in the organization. Others have not. So... This is a focus area for us. And we really, we see this unit climate assessment process as another way for two-way communications with airmen. So we owe airmen, if they take the time to fill out the survey, we owe them a response as far as, hey, we hear you, here's what we intend to do about it, and here's how we're doing about it as we move forward. Also, again, under inclusion and diversity, our wing HRA and our military equal opportunity offices, they've been going out conducting periodic microsurveys and walkabouts. We're going to continue that this year. They're actually a really insightful source of, of data. We're also going to construct a second lactation room in the wing. This one will be at the bottom of the hill in Building 141. We're getting close to being able to start that project as we finish another project, which I'll mention here in a moment. Also, we know that our expectant mothers have had a real challenged time in getting maternity uniforms. And this is an area where actually just recently in the past day or two, I've heard of a new mechanism that I'm running to ground right now that our female airmen expectant mothers may have a way of getting access to some of those maternity uniforms in a little bit of a different way. This has been a problem throughout the Air Force, but we're certainly going to focus on it ourselves. Really what we're talking about when it comes to things like inclusion and diversity, when it comes to things like assessing our unit climates, etc., we're talking about ways in which our airmen communicate with us and ways in which we communicate with them. One of the areas that we've really struggled with in the past is reaching our drill status guardsmen, really informing them, arming them with information before they come to drill. This is a focus area for us this year. For example, 
using this podcast, creating the CDS podcast before drill, is a way for the wing leadership team to provide a short little snippet of information to help airmen, maybe as they're driving to drill, they can put it on the car stereo and they can listen, you know, to, hey, this is what I can expect to encounter when I show up for drill weekend. So improving communications with airmen, especially our drill status guardsmen, is a focus area for us. All right, so let's move on to leading people, our last major area we'll talk about. In this regard, we've got a new Airmen and Family Readiness Center we're going to be dedicating here in June. Really excited about this. It'll be a consolidated facility for our chaplain's office, our DPH, uh, our SARC, as well as our family programs office, uh, bringing all those helping agencies and entities together. This new facility will be in the old CADM building that sits halfway up the hill as you drive up. Really looking forward to dedicating this. I think it's going to enhance those operations and we'll be able to better support our airmen and families using it. Also, this year, we're going to really continue to focus on programs and events that enhance and encourage healthy, fit, and resilient force. These include fitness challenges, group workouts, family activities, morale events, etc., Basically, anything that enhances airmen's physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. And it should go without saying, but I'm going to really emphasize it here because it has been a challenge throughout the Department of Defense. But this especially includes supporting those that seek mental health assistance. Whether they choose to do it on the civilian side or they choose to do it here through our helping agencies in the organization. Lots of folks that seek mental health assistance, there's no shame in it whatsoever, none. It is a part of being a ready, fit, and healthy, and resilient airman. If you need it, by all means, take advantage of it. You know, we've received overwhelmingly positive feedback from the Officer Pre-Command Force Development Program. For our company, our senior company and junior field grade officers, we're going to continue that this year. It's been great. Personally, enjoy it significantly. You're also going to see us continuing to grow and focus on the feedback that's given through our Airman Development Program for E7 through E9s and O4s and above. Uh, Those annual discussions will continue. And, you know, we're going to continue to focus on the Airman leadership qualities as really the framework for the feedback that we give to Airman. You'll see us reinforcing... Concepts like uh, career broadening outside of the member's core AFSC when appropriate, especially if they show senior leader potential, both officer and enlisted. You'll see us emphasizing joint professional education, as well as developmental opportunities that might exist outside of the 130th Airlift Wing. That could be a tour at state headquarters, a tour with our joint force headquarters, maybe a, a tour at the National Guard Bureau or a major command, there's lots of opportunities there. So you'll see us emphasizing those. And then uh, if I could just take a moment to talk about some of the joint missions and special programs. These are areas in which our TAG has really asked us to help with this year. That includes the National Scout Jamboree 2023. Got a lot of folks participating in that. 
He's also asked us to provide support to the Ridge Runner Irregular Warfare Exercise, Marine Forces Command Training using National Guard venues here in the state of West Virginia. And the last thing he's asked us to focus on, and this will be a big effort for folks within our Surf P and our medical group itself, is assisting with the stand-up of a Homeland Response Force Command and Control Mission in the West Virginia National Guard. While that mission is predominantly Army, the air has a component in it, and they're going to need our help to stand this up. It's going to be a real challenge for the state uh, standing up that Earth C2 mission. So in general, Caden, that is the goals and objectives that we have laid out for the year. All right, sir. Thank you for hopping on the podcast today and breaking down the strategic plan for the year. Hey, no problem. Just remember overall, uh, you know, the wings motto, right? Ready to go. Uh, and that's, that's what we're here to do. That's what we're driving towards. And I hope our folks see how those goals and objectives ultimately support our ability to be ready to go. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, Caden. We'll, uh, we'll see you later, my Thank friend. Thank you, Colonel. And that is going to do it for today's episode of The Drop. For more information about the 130th Airlift Wing, visit us on the web at www.130aw.ang.af.mil, as well as on all major social media platforms. Additionally, you can find us in the skies, delivering freedom with courage. This is Airman First Class Caden Sammons reminding you to stay ready to go.